welcome to the Greenlight Podcast, an audio breakdown of the regulatory barriers to social equity in the cannabis industry by Marijuana Matters. My name is Deanna Benjamin, and I'm your host. New York is one of the most recent states to fully legalize cannabis. There are a lot of people out there who are interested in starting a cannabis brand, recognize potential on the East Coast, but want to wait and see how things go. Then there's Stacy St. Louis, founder of Compact Comforts. Stacy saw New York social equity program as an invitation to take the plunge into cannabis right now, while the landscape is still shifting and the rules are still forming. Sure, that comes with a unique set of risks, but it's also an incredible opportunity to help shape the industry. And that's exactly what Stacy intends to do by building her brand with a focus on social equity from the ground up. She will prioritize including minority-owned, social equity-owned brands in her own supply chain, a practical and mutually beneficial way of bringing your community up alongside you. So keep listening. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. I am here with Stacy St. Louis. I'm going to give you a little bit of her background in a second, but the reason she's talking to us is because she is one of our inaugural uh, boot campers for our minorities in cannabis boot camp, Mike Boot Camp for short. And that's just a free virtual program that Marijuana Matters launched this year that's just designed to help entrepreneurs in the cannabis space develop their brands, get additional assistance. And uh, Stacy, she has a brand. She is a founder. She's a startup. And she's going to talk to us a little bit about her experience, just getting into cannabis, building her brand, and what she's learned. So um, I know that this is going to be a really useful episode for anybody who's interested in entering the space. Stacy, thank you so much for being with us today. No problem at all. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited for this. Yes, me too. Okay, so let's dive right in. My first question for you, Stacey, is what brought you into the cannabis industry of all industries? <laughs> all right. <Why> so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So for starters, uh, it was years ago before it even legalized here in New York, because that's where I'm based out of. I know the other girls in the uh, boot camp are spread out in various other states, but in New York, it hadn't been legalized until earlier this year. But some years ago, I had been to like other states where they had legalized and I've gone to different dispensaries in like Colorado and LA and Chicago. Um, and I always found it really interesting how the minority community were the ones that were more heavily impacted when it was illegal. We were the ones where who were prosecuted at a higher rate. Yet whenever it became legal, we were never represented in the same way. And I always thought that as a problem. So I always wanted, like it was always kind of like, a goal to kind of break into cannabis so that I could kind of be a part of a change and kind of show that it would be possible to break into that industry. And that it isn't something that black people can't really look at and say, oh, even though we we pretty much held up the legacy market, we can't break into the legal market. Like, no, we absolutely can. And I wanted to make sure that I was a part of that. So when New York legalized in March, I saw it as the perfect opportunity to actually like get started so that I don't like fall behind because I know a lot of times it really just matters about how quickly you get in. And, and it's a lot of like, um, a lot of uh, barriers that kind of hold 
uh, people of color back when it starts comes to this kind of industry. And I kind of want to make sure that I was ahead of the game and I wouldn't just, just get started from the very beginning, trying to get connected wherever I could and learn wherever I, ever I could find information and connect with new people. That's such an inspiring attitude because it's like you began, your interest was kind of cultivated by this dissatisfaction with what you saw. And I think a lot of times we have a choice, you know, be, be dissatisfied and do nothing and just <laughs> be upset mm-hmm. or find a way that we can um, do something about it. And I love that you were like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to try and break into this industry. I'm just going to do it. Something else you said that I think is so important and I really hope our listeners pay attention to is that you took that moment of legalization as your time to launch because you're right. This is a new, it's still a new industry. There are still states that only have medical uh, marijuana programs don't have recreational yet or they have, there are a few that have nothing legalized. And if you're in one of those states it's actually, it can be beneficial for you because it means that you still have time to Mm -hmm. figure out how to get in and advance. I think that's awesome, Stacey, thank you. Mm -hmm. Now tell us about Compact Comforts, your brand. What does that name mean? What, how did you get the idea? Just tell us the story. All right, so just to start with the name, it's it's weird because I've been, I've had that name and I've registered it in a few places for a while now, even before I thought of opening uh, dispensary, which is where I'm working towards now. Originally, I got the name because I was when the farm bill came around and they pretty much federally legalized CBD. I was thinking of doing um, CBD infused like topicals, like salves and lotions and stuff like that. But I had been working full time at the time and I kind of just could not balance it all. And it ended up not really going anywhere. But I already had that name for that because it was going to be like uh, items that I could easily package and ship. Mm-hmm. But it ended up not really going anywhere, but since I had it, I figured I could just use that and transition it. It's not like it's a brand new industry. So um, I kind of just kept that name. I'm still, I don't know, a little on the fence, but it's probably just me hearing it so much that's kind of making me go, I don't know if I like that anymore, but I, I it's still it's still early. So I can always just, you know, change it to a DBA in, in the future if, if I wish to. Um, but yeah, it kind of started off of that. But as of right now, where I'm, I'm leaning towards and working towards now, is to open a cannabis dispensary within the five boroughs. I'm not completely sold on what area, but I'm still looking to a few other options. But what I really wanna set aside for this dispensary is that it's gonna focus on uh, women-owned and minority uh, vendors. So I want all the products that I sell to come from companies with a strong emphasis on minority and women-owned ownership in the, the business. So. I know that that's not really something that's been done before because it's not something that could have been done before. Like in previous states, they hadn't had such a strong focus on social equity as they do the way they legalized in New York. So basically anyone within the industry, 50% of them have to fit within that kind of social equity category. And I feel like that is prime for what I want so that I can have enough people that are gonna be in business, making products, cultivating, processing, doing all of that so that they actually will be a large enough set of products to fit into that kind of a category of, I'm only gonna sell from those kind of vendors. Mm. So that's kind of what I'm working towards and starting that business from scratch now. Yeah, oh my, it's such a gift to hear the way that you're processing this and thinking this through. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
you're in such a crucial moment, that foundation where you're laying out the blueprints and also thinking about the future. And I think this is so important for people to hear. And for those of you joining us who aren't really familiar with what social equity is, social equity just refers to a set of policies, a set of laws that are designed to help the people most targeted by the criminalization of cannabis, which means black people. <laughs> uh, the war on drugs really was an assault on black communities. And you can check out our blog to find out more information about that. But what Stacey's talking about here is looking at New York social equity provisions and saying, hey, they are planning on giving 50% of these licenses to social equity brands. That, that's going to be people who are minorities who are harmed by the war on drugs, the war on cannabis. And I'm going to um, bring those people into my supply chain. Those are going to be my vendors. Those are going to be the people who I sell, whose products I sell from my store. And that's beautiful. Like that yeah. is, is just mutually beneficial mm-hmm. and it's telling, it's shaping the industry. So Stacey, when did you, when did you learn about social equity? Cause I, I'm going to be honest, like I still feel like I'm, I'm learning a lot now. And it's, uh, and it's not something that I, I didn't go to when I was in school. I didn't learn about anything called mm-hmm. social equity. I didn't even learn about that in college unless, you know, I was taking a really specific race course, but even then, not really. So how did you become familiar with this term? And I really only became more familiar with this term through the cannabis industry when they started focusing more on that. And it, let's say earlier this year, when they started to focus on that, I think the first time I kind of heard of it was when New Jersey legalized. And I think they just legalized late last year. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like my first experience with that. And I do see that that's going forward going to be a major role. Cause I feel like in the past states, I think it has been like 15 that had legalized prior to New York. They hadn't been that much of a focus on it, but like once the way New York has done it, it's going to really push all the states to follow, to really kind of follow that plan, especially with how large a market New York's going to be. So as long as it's done right. And it really does seem like when they, they passed the recreate adult use in New York, they had a very strong focus on making sure they got it right so yeah. that they don't have issues going forward. So I, I do really appreciate the way that they've, they've legalized. And I feel like if it weren't for the way that they did it, I may not have been able to have such a, I haven't had so much of a success rate yet. I'm still pretty early on, but I definitely see that I, I have a pretty good, clear path of where I'm going to be going and, and a, a good path towards success because of the way that they've set it up. So it's kind of, something that I may not have heard a lot about prior to, I want to say early this year, but I definitely think it's going to be something people are going to get a lot more used to and seeing a lot more often going forward. Yeah. Which is fascinating because I think the cannabis industry is like the only industry that's really doing this. That's making it. Yeah. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. never, like, I don't know any other tech industry. Sure. Isn't <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. the, the agricultural industry is like really not. So it's definitely um, a, an amazing opportunity for people of color to to really pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really exciting. So Stacy, my last question for you mm-hmm. is, as you are learning, as you're growing, what has been the most crucial lesson that you've learned as a startup cannabis entrepreneur? All right. So 
not, it's not so much a lesson. This first one isn't really a lesson because it's a lot of networking and it's a lot of just making contacts, especially since I'm not coming from a background with cannabis. So my, my, my work history has been within property management and real estate, but obviously a lot of people that are starting out in New York are not going to have a background in cannabis because there was never a legal cannabis market in New York. So it's a lot of networking and, and finding contacts that do have experience and being able to collaborate a lot with others in the industry. But I would say the biggest lesson I have aside from that would be um, to try. And it's, it's a weird to say, but to, to put yourself out there yeah. because Getting into this M2 bootcamp, when I initially applied, um, I did not think I would have qualified. I don't even, I think New York had legalized for like seven days at that point. I had nothing, I had no real business other than like an idea and a goal of where I was going. Mm-hmm. And I, I applied because it was, it, it kind of just spoke right to me. It was like, we're working with new startups that are minority owned and in Canvas. I'm like, well, that's perfect, even though I don't have a full business. And through the application, I'm like, I don't think I qualify for this. I don't have enough going on yet, but I kept just kept trying, just fill out everything as much as I can mm-hmm. and put everything out there. And the fact that I got in is like not really something I expected to happen, but I'm so grateful because it's been such an immense help going mm-hmm. forward. So and I feel like there's a lot of times people think, oh, they get to that point where they think, oh, I'm, I'm probably not going to qualify for this. So I might as well not waste my time, but it's absolutely worth it to keep trying, even if you don't think it's going to be worth it. Cause you never know the worst that can happen is you won't get in, but that's absolutely going to happen if you don't try. So yeah. you just have to put yourself out there and just keep pushing. Even if it doesn't seem like it's worth it, keep pushing. Cause it probably will be. Ooh, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think cause you're speaking directly to like probably the primarily, the primary concern people have with this industry, mm-hmm. particularly people of color. Everybody exactly. feels a little bit scared about getting into cannabis, but if you don't have a ton of capital, if you don't have experience mm-hmm. in the industry, I mean, you said that your experience is in property management and real estate. Yeah. I mean, you might think like, I'm not qualified. Mm-hmm. You, you try, you made the effort. And you know, if you didn't, if you had failed, if you didn't, you know, make it in, then you would have learned information. Mm-hmm. And that's always valuable. So I just oh. love that. I love that. Thank you so much. Stacy, for sharing that, for uh, sharing your experience. Good luck. I'm really excited Thank to hear so much. Really <laughs> Thank you very much. I really appreciate being here and being able to speak with you. That's it for today's episode of the Greenlight Podcast. If you support what we're doing, subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. That'll help others find us and learn more about social equity in the cannabis industry. You can find out more about Marijuana Matters and our Minorities in Cannabis Boot Camp by checking out our website, marijuanamatters.org. And you can follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram at Marijuana Matters DC. Thanks for joining us. Talk soon.